0: Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. This is Nuclear Knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. The views of the host are his own. I'm your host, Jim Petrosky, and today's show is about the nuclear deterrence workforce. This topic may not have entered your mind as an important subject when you thought of nuclear knowledge, but when you consider the amount of thought, innovation, Skills and just plain effort that goes into our national deterrent, you can begin to appreciate the vastness and importance of the workforce. Also, I'm speaking from experience here. Being involved in such a lofty goal as preserving peace, maintaining our incredible American way, and just being part of a big, important effort provides a great reason to get up every day and to give your best. So, that's my little deterrence advertisement. So for the sake of this broadcast and time available, I'm going to focus on just the U.S. nuclear deterrence and even then only portions of it. However, my goal is to get you to begin thinking about the workforce needs for deterrence and become aware of the many parts that are key to its success, specifically to nuclear, but it can be applied in general as well. And after all, as Curtis McGiffin says, deterrence is an effect, not a goal. So, maybe in the end of this broadcast, or this show, you'll consider entering a career in support of nuclear deterrence, or become aware that you already are doing that, or become encouraged to get others involved. And one way I suggest you do that is to persuade others to listen to this podcast at ThinkDeterrence.com, and while they're there, they can listen to The Nuclear View. Not a week goes by where some important news of the day is not somehow connected to our deterrent, and we discuss it there. After all, we're an awareness organization. So let's begin. As always, I like to start out with a definition to reduce the scope of the show to an approximately nine-minute broadcast. Otherwise, Kimberly, our producer, will need to cut out a lot of what I say and possibly cut out one of my favorite dad jokes. So in the context of this show and the follow-up shows, the nuclear deterrent will include the means for developing, maintaining, and controlling the country's nuclear weapons, the means to employ them, and all that is necessary to ensure that such a decision is necessary. Well, I know that sounds like a lot, and that's my point. It is a lot. There is much more to nuclear deterrence than just building a nuclear weapon and using them. So, so much more. And for the record, my definition is probably not complete. There's a lot of things that go on beyond that simple definition. A second point, as you consider the nuclear deterrence workforce, is about who's involved. You might think, so this is all just the military and Petrosky's providing a military recruiting commercial. After all, it sounds like an interesting and rewarding profession, so maybe we could be all we can be nuclear. Well, it could be a commercial, and I'd be happy with that because much of the w- workforce functions reside within the military, but in a broader context of our government it is involved. Our military nuclear professionals are among the elite, providing twenty four and seven, three hundred sixty five days a year nuclear deterrence, watching the skies and being ready to respond to in whatever fashion's needed makes you proud so i guess you do want to join oh this is not a recruiting commercial instead we look at every part of this nuclear workforce to be aware of the pieces that are going on and for every part of the workforce and the civilian side there's probably a military counterpart and that's done to ensure a connection between the development management safety, and employment of our nuclear weapons. In short, uh, though a lot of the workforce is in the military and a lot of the workforce is in national laboratories, there are associated government contracts, academia, etc., etc. It is a broad set of people. A third point is this. It's not all nuclear engineers and physicists. Yes, Professional degree, nuclear engineers and physicists play a key role in the nuclear deterrent. And yes, I find it for me that there is nothing I'd rather do than think about nuclear effects and solve difficult problems every day. But there are many, many, many areas that are equally, if not more important to the overall mission. And many require unique skills and understanding that take years to perfect. Again, making the nuclear deterrent workforce an elite group. So with the time remaining, let's look at the areas in which nuclear Deterrence workforce is positioned. A best place to start is with the weapons themselves. The U.S. develops and maintains nuclear weapons through the National Nuclear Security Administration with oversight over the national laboratories. The laboratories work to solve some of the world's most challenging problems. The primary ones associated with nuclear weapons are Los Alamos National Laboratory in Los Alamos, New Mexico, Livermore National Laboratory in Livermore, California. And by the way, these are often referred to as the physics laboratories. And Sandia National Laboratory, often referred to as the engineering laboratory in Albuquerque, New Mexico. By the way, you need to notice that the engineers didn't just Adopt the name of a city like the physicists. Among the many other scientific endeavors, these laboratories are involved in the study, development, maintenance, and the survivability of our nuclear weapons, ensuring they function safely and securely as needed, and assessing and evolving the components that make them function, so they deliver the outputs needed. This requires massive projects that can replace, that can replicate nuclear weapon environments, because we no longer conduct actual nuclear detonations for testing. However, we do test, but via other means. And this is not easy. You may think that this requires a lot of scientists, engineers, and you would be right. However, the National Laboratories require an even larger workforce to ensure the equipment and computers are running to support the science needs. People are needed for the construction of unique structures, for example, the National Ignition Facility, you may have seen that in the news, or the National Solar thermal facility in Sandia. You ought to look that one up. It's sort of cool. And these people maintain them so they can operate properly and that they ensure the security is in place to ensure important information remains where it needs to be and the operations are safe. And this is just scratching the surface on the workforce involved. The administrative oversight from dedicated and knowledgeable people is even more sizable and without them, nothing would happen. Another place to consider the nuclear deterrence workforce is with the triad. In case you're not aware, and if so, you didn't listen to Bill Murphy's excellent podcast, Episode 5 of Nuclear Knowledge. Shame on you if you did Go back and listen to it. But the triad consists of a multi-delivery concept that provides options for producing a deterrent effect and ensure a second strike capability. And it consists of our bombers, which are aircraft our intercontinental ballistic missiles, and our submarines, all capable of delivering nuclear weapons with varying degrees of protection and from different locations. Again, it makes sense that the workforce operating these craft, the commanders, the navigators, the operators, maintainers, they're all military, given that these weapons are designed for war. However, just as with the nuclear weapons themselves, there's a huge workforce to support designing, developing maintaining, providing security, logistics, and administrating various aspects of each system. As an example, consider the workforce needed to install a missile silo. Remember from our Three Little Nids survival story, episode 13, this is not just a hole in the ground. It includes facilities necessary for command and control of a a launch of a nuclear weapon from a missile. So you can think computers, electronics, communications, power, air handling equipment, all there, they must house a missile and a nuclear weapon, and most importantly, survive a nuclear strike. Now, this last item requires special installment of high-density concrete and metals, and there's a shortage of people who have the skills necessary to do this. And then there's operations and communications equipment with very, very stringent requirements both in design, installation, and maintenance. And there's a workforce to manage all of that. Now, at this point, I know what you're thinking. Wow. I take the challenge to become a part of the nuclear workforce. Sign me up. I did say it could be an advertisement. However, I want to highlight one very, very important part that weed out many people, but is a must and an important part of the nuclear workforce this one thing makes the workforce stand out among other people seeking any position in the nuclear workforce. Because in nearly every position, members must demonstrate absolute ethical behavior, proving that they are trustworthy and dependable. And This often starts with having no convictions and not having problems that indicate a lack of control like drug abuse and alcohol abuse. And it Might sound like I'm preaching, but I am certain everyone wants these character qualities because of the importance of our mission. After all, this makes the nuclear deterrence workforce extra special, being part of an elite club, so to speak. It looks like I'm out of time, so we will continue this this in part two as I dig deeper into the workforce and the needs of the nuclear deterrent and talking about NC3 and all the other administrative pieces that go to this. So to summarize, I'll pull a line from a movie that best describes this episode. Nuclear deterrence? Nuclear deterrence is people. It is people. And it really is about the people. Well, thank you for listening to today's Nuclear Knowledge show. I hope you learned something new and value about deterrence. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDS, a 501c3 organization dependent upon the donations to provide this broadcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength in our national deterrent. This podcast is produced weekly and each episode is released on Monday. If you enjoyed this show, check out our other podcast, The Nuclear View. You can catch it and all our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrent Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrent Studies.